Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. So tonight I am rounding out a topic that we've been discussing with regard to defining beliefs and values. So tonight's topic though is a little bit of a curveball for probably both of us. I've always had this in my um, list to discuss, but it changed midweek for me. So what we're going to be talking about is FOMO. So you've probably heard of it. Hell, you might even suffer from it in one form or another. So in my research for this topic, I found a great article written by Mark Manson. Now you may have heard of him, and if you haven't heard of him, you probably have heard of his book, which is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving Fuck. And he admits to having FOMO. And I don't know whether I've actually explained the acronym of FOMO, um, but it's a, it's the, the short uh, acronym for it, the long words for it are fear of missing out. Okay. So in his um, article that he wrote, he admitted to having FOMO and in particular with travel. So what we find is that people can relate FOMO to certain things and then they don't relate it to certain things. Now, he says that if you show him a pretty picture, his absolute knee-jerk reaction is to sell his last pair of shoes, basically, to get where he wants to go. And not just go there, he's got to, like, go now. He's got to go yesterday, uh, what the hell was he waiting for? He should be there already. And then he got, oh, shit, it's too late, I'm going to miss out. Okay, so forget the fact that the picture was probably photoshopped and his uh, professional photographer was probably paid, like, $10 billion to make the water look perfect and the island on the other side of the planet, he says some of the places were breathtaking. But most weren't. In fact, many of them were a letdown. And this is FOMO in a nutshell. FOMO is a compulsive desire to experience something or be somewhere motivated not by what you gain, but rather by the fear of what you will potentially lose. And this idea of loss is usually, well, actually, always almost imagined. All right? So one study describes it as having general anxiety over the idea that other people might be having more fulfilling experiences without you. Others take this a bit further and describe FOMO as being social anxiety, which is characterised by a continuous need to be connected with the activities of your friends or other people. So this phenomenon is more common than you think. And in fact, studies show that 51% of teenagers actually experience anxiety when they are not sure where their friends are or what their friends are doing. Now, you are probably asking, what the hell has this got to do with any of the topics we've discussed previously? And you'd be right in wondering, because it does seem to be poles apart. But what I realised when I worked through the topics was that there was a lack of boundaries, was a common denominator, and in all realms of our life. So 
So mentally, physically, emotionally, and even spiritually. So the question for me began, why don't people implement boundaries? And whilst we looked at some of those last week, so if you missed that one, definitely go back and watch it, as I believe it is one of the essential pillars for a peaceful life to have to set boundaries. I think that there is a deeper level of resistance in boundaries than just the tips I gave you last week. Now, don't get me wrong, the tips are great and they're a great start, but as you should all know by now, I don't want to just give you a great start. I don't sit in the bullshit factor for very long. I like to unlayer the layers. I want to challenge you to look further than the first three Google responses. So back to the question, why would somebody not implement boundaries? Well, what if I told you that it had a lot to do with FOMO? Not in the traditional sense of something or someone, but definitely in the emotional and mental sense. Okay, so FOMO is self-invented psychological torture. Just think about that. It is a figment of our mind's worst imagination. It's an irrational belief that everyone is always having more fun than you at all times. That life's epic moment is just around the corner and you're a twat for staying home and not participating in it. It's the irrational belief that the next place, person, event is going to be the perfect one and you're missing out by focusing on whatever you're doing. It's hanging out with nine different friends each week and not really feeling close to any of them. It's going to five different bars on a Friday night and hating every single one of them because you can't stop thinking about the next one down the street where your friend is at and it's probably way cooler than wherever you are. FOMO is becoming a huge issue with this generation for the simple fact that it has the most options and choices to choose from. There's even a name for it. It's called the paradox of choice. And it's pretty much why the more amazing things get, the less happy we become. If you've got two sandwiches to choose from, you're going to pick whichever one looks better and you won't think anything of it. But if you're offered 37 different varieties of sandwiches, then you're likely to torture yourself. And not just about making the decision itself, but you'll wonder for the next five hours if that was the best sandwich you could have had in that situation or any situation ever. And then you will decide to go back and have to try all the other ones. Right? The problem with FOMO is that it prevents you from actually experiencing what's happening. Now, that might sound crazy since FOMO is often what drives people to try to accumulate as many different experiences as possible, but it simultaneously robs those same experience of any significance or lasting meaning. We don't sit in it long enough to actually experience it from beginning to end. We get in, we go, oh, that's great, let's go over here. So you miss the meaning. The reason FOMO causes people to make their decisions based on, not on the reality of the experience, no, hang on, the reason is that FOMO causes people to make their decisions based not on the reality of the experience, but the imagination of the experiences, what they think. 
So remember, FOMO is motivated by a fear of loss. So when I'm so when I'm talking about this in an emotional sense, it becomes a question of what or who do we think we will lose if we implement a boundary? All right? And the resulting behavior completely avoids the feeling we don't want as a result of the imagined loss. Okay, so we don't set boundaries because we don't have to want to have to deal with what would happen if that boundary caused someone to react and we don't know how to respond to it. So the people sitting there now, some of you are going to be confused and some of you are going to be, oh, I think I know this. And if you have a problem saying no, I think you might know it a little bit more than you like. Okay. FOMO presents in lots of different ways, which is why it sometimes goes unnoticed. And worse still, it's applied to the younger generation. We are all guilty of accusing Y and Z generation of having FOMO because they want all the material things and they want them instantly. But we do exactly the same. We can't go without for fear of not being included or upsetting someone. Same, same, just different. In fact, it's worse. What Y and Z do really well is face up to what's going on. They often don't know what it is, but when they come to, to me, they are completely eager to learn and they want to know. They don't shove stuff under the carpet. That's a boomer and an X problem. And the problem with that, we are teaching Y and Z. So they come looking for different answers. They just want to know. We go for dinner when we really don't want to go to dinner because we think that this might be the big moment where everyone has that epic night together and bonds with one another and loves each other like besties forever. But what happens? Probably nothing because they don't actually want to be there and they don't actually have an epic night and they don't bond and nobody becomes their bestie and instead they sit there on their phone imagining all of the other cool, amazing things that you could be doing instead of this lame dinner. I want you to go deeper and ask yourself, what can't I say no to or what don't I want to miss out on? And then deeper still and ask, what would I feel if that did happen? Why do I want you to do this? Well, because not saying no or using FOMO to make our decisions can be really immature and impulsive. It's a really impulsive way of making decisions. But more importantly, it stops us from looking underneath the behaviour and really looking at the feelings we don't want to experience. So now you'll be understanding why I'm harping on about this because pretty much all my topics have been about facing the reality of our feelings. Don't avoid them. Don't stick them under Nana's carpet. We need to have a look at them. Life is a series of experiences that bring lots of different feelings, joy, sadness, anger, fear, and all the variables in between. Each of those experiences must be evaluated and decided upon as we go, based on your feelings and values at the time. Inspired by our insecurities, FOMO short circuits our ability to handle or deal with any of it. Now, I'm going to share something that happened to me this week. So this topic 
did a complete pivot. I had written this article with most of the contents still here, but it focused on the concept of FOMO and the decision-making aspect. So the events, basically, that's what I focused on. Now, midweek, I got served a curveball I wasn't expecting. And I got really hurt by something that was mostly a misunderstanding. But the fact is, it highlighted the FOMO aspect because that's what I focused in on, my anger at feeling excluded. It had nothing to do with not being included in the event, but that's what I focused on initially, which looks immature and impulsive simply because it was misdirected. What I didn't want to face or look at was the complete hurt and sadness and the feeling that I was not important enough and forgotten about. These are deep insecure feelings that we avoid and use the concept of FOMO to distract from. So I had to actually face those feelings. I felt like I was not being valued, that I wasn't important enough and that I think that's why it hurts, why it hurts so much was simply because it was the people that I'm very close to. And the reality is they're the only people that can do that. So I actually had to stop remember what I teach, ask myself the hard questions and feel the awful feelings of sadness and loneliness because even though I'm often surrounded by people, my people were the ones that hurt me. And for a moment, I felt completely alone and I really understood what it was like to feel like there's no one. And that absolutely sucked. Who was I actually going to speak to? My tribe if you would imagine, was gone. So what did I do? Well, guess what? I did what most people do. I cried and cried and cried for a while. I called my therapist and then I sat in the horrible office, the horribleness of it all. And guess what? I didn't die from it. Yes, I made it out alive. Did anything change? Well, yes and no. Initially, it was an internal shift. It changed internally for me. And I know that an internal shift often creates external change. And guess what that did? Scared the crap out of me. Because if I had sat in the bullshit of the event, then the external changes would have been immature and impulsive as well. It would have been a bit of no speakies. There would have been... Um, you know, I could have, there would have been friends involved. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? But because I practiced what I preached and I faced my feelings, I got to have some of the most incredible and honest conversations that I've had in my life. And that is huge. Considering the job I do, I have those conversations all day, but I have them with people that aren't my people. So to have them with your people it is profoundly changing. So what's the moral of the story? Let's stop calling FOMO by its nickname and actually call it for what it is, fear. Fear of all the stuff that comes up because of life experiences. Fear of anger, fear of sadness, fear of loneliness and being lost in it forever. So how do we get out of it? The way to get out of feeling FOMO is to start killing the fantasies, the fantasies that you let rule your decision making. They're the stories we make up as a result of something that has happened.
Okay, we made up a story about what I perceived to be happening. Once I took the story away, guess what? I was still left with the feelings and they were shit. But when I dealt with just the feelings, I got to be honest and real. There is no such thing as a perfect beach. There's no such thing as a perfect partner. There's no such thing as a perfect night out. Uh, and there's no such thing as a perfect party or a perfect group of friends. There's no such thing as perfect. You can go to the most perfect place in the world, but if your dog died the day before, let's be honest, it's going to be a shit trip anyway. So much of what makes life good or bad is unpredictable and it's outside of our control. All of life's great experiences come with associated costs. They require investment and sacrifice and it's completely normal and healthy to be unwilling to commit to them at times. That doesn't mean you're necessarily missing anything. In fact, if you think about it, you're always missing something and sometimes it's actually better that you're missing those things. Valuable experiences come in many, many forms and some of them are exciting and insta-worthy and others aren't. Some of these other valuable yet non-insta-worthy experiences, being alone, maintaining friendships, building friendships, educating yourself. You're never going to see that on Instagram because you can't take a picture of that. I've seen people on Instagram um, post education. You know what they post? A computer. Where's the connection in that? That's nothing. That's just a picture of a computer. You will never see them on Instagram because you can't take a picture of it. It's not something out there or outside of yourself. It's something you build on inside. And the first step to that building process is the day we realize that life isn't about accumulating more experiences to give us feeling, but rather focus on what actually is giving us the feeling that we distract from. It's really, really important. Think about that. Focus on what actually is giving us the feeling. That's both ways because when we try to accumulate experiences, we're trying to accu um, accumulate positive because no one looks for the bad shit. We're all trying to accumulate positive, but we don't necessarily feel it because we don't see it through. The same with the opposite. If we have experiences of negative, if you've got negative feelings coming up and stacking up from negative experiences, you've got to ask, do the same theory. Shit, I have to get through this to get my piece of gold. I've got to get through that. I've got to experience it so I know what the lesson is in it. So we've got a view we all have a view of ourselves, for ourselves, of what FOMO can look like. But like I said, it shows up even when you don't realise it. Now I'm going to give you a few examples that you will see where there is a theme among all of them that focuses on short-term gain instead of long-term benefits. So if you can see yourself in any of these situations, then you may be experiencing FOMO. And it may be good to stop and look deeper into what you don't want to feel if you stopped doing the behavior, it leaves you with a feeling. So number one, staying glued to your smartphone because social connection is more important and you might miss someone's status update. If you can't stop to look at your own life because you are too busy looking at other people's lives, it's a big sign. 
that you're exhibiting and uh, exhibiting anxiety about other people's experiences and you need to look at it now while this is acceptable to do at the end of a long day when you're trying to relax or even when you're sitting in the waiting room at the doctor's office it becomes unhealthy if you are constantly hitting the refresh button all right number two interrupting your work to answer a call or email now this is an interesting one because we all know that work is actually on our phones nowadays and even more so since crazy COVID. I often present workshops for the corporate side of my business and one of them is on time management. That workshop has a really cool section about this because God, even I have my phone by my desk when I'm working. I think the main thing is if it rings or messages or pings, can you ignore it if you are in the middle of something? You must really look and ask yourself, as this serves as constant interruption. Now, interruption is both positive and negative, and the tool or tip I give my corporate clients is, is the interruption helpful for my task or is it hindering? If you cannot stop yourself from hindering your tasks, then you are being hit with FOMO. Now, apply that to my very first video. Um, what was it? What did I say there? Hang on a minute. Uh, Interruption. So an interruption is a distraction. If you are distracting yourself consistently from your feeling, you've got FOMO. You don't want to miss out, but you don't want to look at what's behind the behaviour. Okay, number three, buying the new shiny object because it might just be the next big thing. Materialistic tendencies can spill over into FOMO. And in fact, FOMO is not a psychological theory. It's a marketing ploy. Ask yourself, is this another short-term gain that is likely to lead to a long-term loss? The anxiety that's associated with the need to jump on to new products right away is a clear sign of FOMO. It's, it's, it doesn't just work with technology. It's not about having the new phone. It could be the new shoes. It could be the new dress. It could be the new outfit. It could be anything. It's up to you to have a look at it. Um, doing this will benefit you in the long run because all the kinks will be worked out from the first... Oh, this is... If you're, if you're into buying tech... Have a, we always go, have a think about buying the first round of anything, the first car series, the first tech series. We always say, wait, because the first series or the first version always has the kinks that need to be worked out. And you end up getting a better product if you wait a little bit longer. Now, number four, accepting a request or spreading yourself too thin instead of saying no simply because it's an opportunity, all right, and you don't want to miss out. Sure, it's important to stay on top of business. If this is a business opportunity, you want to stay on top of it, absolutely. But you need to maintain friendships as well. What's more important to have quality, is it more important to have quality interactions than a lot of short conversations with people that you won't remember because your mind's on so many other things? People will notice if you're going a mile a minute and aren't really invested in the present moment. So this characteristic of FOMO can end up costing the very thing you want, connection. You won't get the business if it's a business sense or you won't get the invite because people won't connect with you. They don't connect with you on a deeper level. So it's important to be able to say no and important to look behind why you can't. Number five, 
ending a good relationship just because there's so many things only a single person can do. The fear of missing out can affect relationships. And honestly, this is Murphy's Law. When you get into a relationship, all of a sudden, all your friends are single and hitting the town. Suddenly, you have FOMO. And for all the times that they were going out, except that when you were single, you couldn't be going, bothered going out every week anyway. Be warned, it won't take long to exhaust all the activities you want to do as a single person. And number six, this one's my special favourite, because it's the opposite of the one above. Saying yes to a romantic relationship because all your friends look so happy with their partners and you want that too. This is certainly an easy way out. It won't make you happy in the end. The truth is, is that your temporary happiness in your new relationship won't be genuine. And you will soon be having to deal with toxic relationships and possibly dramatic breakups. So work on what stops you from finding the relationship that truly makes you happy because that's the only kind of relationship that really is worth your time in the long run. So now that we have know what it looks like, how the hell do we reduce it? First step, what do you think it's going to be? Admit you have it. Sometimes you just got to admit that you have this anxiety about missing out on the fun stuff. So you're able to acknowledge your insecurity and you're ready to start facing the problem. Yes, we live in a world that is full of social influences that will not be changing anytime soon. But if you are able to recognize that these influences have an impact on you, you will be more likely to let that impact be temporary and just move on. Number two, take a break from social media. It sounds almost impossible, right? But staying too connected to your social media accounts is the main culprit of FOMO. Now, I've spoken about this before. And again, it deserves an explanation because in reality, that just makes me a hypocrite. Because here I am asking you to log into social media on Wednesday night every week at 8 o'clock, telling you to take a break from uh, social media. What the fuck? We cannot get away from social media, and you know that. And you know what? I don't want you to. What I want you to do is ask yourself, what helps and what hinders me? Am I learning from this distraction or am I distracting from my problems? Go back to episode one, which I think is probably my favorite episode, simply because it sets the tone and underpins the entire series. Does it build me or break me? Honestly, the less time you spend on social media that drains you, the less time you will feel like you need to spend on it. If you can start distancing yourself from the social media sites that trigger comparison or FOMO, you are likely to find that you don't have to, the urge to check them as often as you did. Interestingly, the same year that FOMO was added to the dictionary, digital detox was also put in there. It seems like someone realised that this problem had a solution and as soon as it became a real world, um, and as soon as they did, it became a real world. A real word. Can't get my words out today. Sorry about that. Now, next one. Get comfortable with discomfort. Learn to get comfortable with the idea of doing what you actually want to do instead of what you feel like you should do. That's uncomfortable when you're first starting to learn it. In the end, you will be much happier and you will be following your own urges rather than someone else's. Don't feel guilty about turning off your phone and enjoying your own company. 
own that you need time for yourself and this is how you get it. You don't have to turn it off for hours at a time. Sometimes you just need a 10 minute detox. But really own, I'm just going to turn this shit off. I'm, not, I'm just going to unplug. Um, taking ownership in your choices and actually enjoying the freedom of the choice from those decisions is exactly what FOMO doesn't allow us to do. It doesn't allow us to take the experience, the decision, I'm not going to do it and enjoy the moment of silence because you won't own it. Then you lose your freedom of choice. Next one, practice mindfulness. We know this, we've discussed it, I'm not going to harp on about it, you get it and you know how to do it because there's a video on it. When people are able to be mindful and be fully present, there's nothing to fear about what is going on anywhere else. How often have you been perfectly content with your day right up until the moment you open social media to see your former co-worker is out having fun with friends to bring yourself back to the present? Now, this one's, I love it, cultivate a sense of gratitude. I do love this because living with a sense of gratitude will help you be a happier person and live in a, um, a better life. If you are able to do this, you won't be concerned about what could have been or what might have been happening because you will just be thankful for what you have. There's really, really good stuff on gratitude. I can do stuff on it, but, you know, it's not my space, but I love it. It's something I practice. It's not something that there are, there are far better people to talk about gratitude than me, but I live gratitude. So have a look. If you want me to do a topic on it, Flick out a little message and I will absolutely do it for you. Now, last one, know what's important to you. Remember that each person has different priorities in their life. What are yours? When you know what's valuable to you, you are less likely to feel envious about other people's successes because you have your own goals or a bucket list of what you're working on. When you treat everything as a priority, nothing is truly important. Don't let FOMO hold you back from setting the boundaries you need to direct the life you want. The one regret that many people have at the end of their lives is the fact that they lived the life that other people expected them to live instead of having the courage to live their own life and a life that was true to them. Now, because I wrote this list of topics back in March, I sort of guessed where we might be um, well, I sort of guess where we'd be at if Crazy COVID Town continued and it's pretty much true to form, which surprises me every time. The next part of this series actually focus on what the continued pandemic situation does to our body as most of us are suffering with some type of stress and that's what we're going to be looking at now in the next few weeks. Stress on the body, the different types of stress, healthy stress. There is a, such a thing as healthy stress. And what negative emotions can actually do to our bodies physically. So tune in next week. So you guys are awesome. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for your time. I've run over once again, Sauls. Um, I'll see you next week. <laughs>